This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Well, the Ford government is defending their legislation, which will cap public sector salary increases at 1%. But the unions say it's unconstitutional and they have launched a legal challenge. Now, all of this in the context of the dispute over the teachers' contracts. And just yesterday, we had another one-day strike. So is this legal challenge a separate track to protect bargaining rights or another element, which is raising the temperature on the dispute? We would like to hear from you. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now let's go to Sam Hammond, president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Hi, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. It's a pleasure. Okay, so uh, is is this a whole separate track, this legal challenge, or is it sort of part and parcel of the ongoing dispute? Well, the, the the challenge in in itself is, uh, you know, we are focused on uh, the via what we see as the violation of direct affront to uh, our bargaining rights under the charter and also under the school board's collective bargaining act, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms uh, in Canada. So it is specific. Uh, it is a specific charter challenge related to the bill, uh, but there's no denying that it is it is. Uh, interfering with directly uh, negotiations at the bargaining table because it's hanging over our heads. Uh, What do you say to the government's argument that they're doing it to enable them to keep funding what they have to fund? And I gather there are some time-limiting provisions that they've put in, which, in their view, makes it legal. Yeah, well, uh, we, we're suggesting that it's, that it is not, uh, legal and that it circumvents, you know, the legal framework for negotiations in this province and under, uh, and, and under the charter. Um, so we're going to uh, push forward with that in terms of the, uh, you know, the fiscal realities that the government uh, has talked about. And, and I'm to, to this date not sure uh, what those fiscal realities are, in fact, uh, because that number continues to change. Uh, but if they uh, if they felt as a government that based on their fiscal realities, short and long term, that what they were prepared to offer was 1%, then they should have come to the table without Bill 124 uh, and negotiated that in a free and transparent way rather than through legislation which uh, imposes uh, that uh, percentage. Okay, what about uh, their keep saying that they would like you to deal with a private mediator without preconditions? Well, we have that, you know, that, that offer has been put out to uh, our secondary colleagues. We currently have a conciliator that's appointed, uh, through the, uh, Ministry, uh, of Labor at the table with us. Uh, and she is doing a, a great job in terms of trying, trying to, uh, get the parties headed in the, in the, in the right direction. And so, 
how do you think that this particular legal challenge kind of changes the nature of what's going on now? Well, it uh, we shall see. Uh, you know, it, it is another, uh, if you will, highlight for us to the government to say, look, you need to get serious uh, at the table. Don't allow, uh, as it has, Bill 124 or that limit on compensation to uh, affect that table. Uh, but, you know, we have a number of other extremely important proposals, components of bargaining on the table that the government isn't responding to or dealing with in addition to compensation. And in terms of our discussions around compensation, we've been bargaining for uh, about four months and we have spent maybe 20 to 30 minutes top uh, tops uh, on uh, our initial proposals and the rest of the time has been uh, dealing with other issues at the table. Now, in terms of the court challenge, again, usually these things take a long time, uh, much longer than a dispute, one would hope. Uh, Are you trying to get this fast-tracked or rushed, or is this, again, a whole other track that will take its time? Yeah, we're leaving that up to our legal counsel in terms of how they're going to proceed. Uh, it would be wonderful. I mean, two things would be wonderful. One, one, we go back to the table next week and we're able to get a deal that's fair and respectful to both, uh, both parties. Uh, but it would also be, uh, uh, you know, helpful if this legal challenge, uh, was expedited. But, uh, we have left that up to legal counsel. Okay. Uh, one of the things that, that also seems to be contentious, and this is with the OSSTF, when you talk to the minister, he uh, throws around numbers like $750 million, uh, $1.5 billion, and, and that is because of the Me Too clauses that even the unions that have settled for less, if, if other teachers' unions get a better deal, it will have to be offered. So is it, is it not fair of him to, to see it that way? Well, you know, the, the numbers have changed uh, from week to week and overnight, quite frankly. The, you know, the first response to our colleagues at the secondary level was that the cost uh, system-wide, uh, first of it was one point, uh, OSSTF was asking for $1.5 billion. Two days later, that was the system-wide cost. Uh, recently, they've come out and said, you know, it's $3 billion a year. Uh, and there's a three-year contract on the table, and somehow they came up with it. The overall cost sector-wide is seven billion. So the numbers keep changing. Even three billion at three years, I think the math is obvious in terms of it does not add up to uh, seven billion. So the numbers are problematic, and I think that the minister's focus uh, on on that is is extremely misleading. Uh, and problematic. And I would say to you that if the government didn't want to be in this position, then they should not have agreed to meet two clauses uh, in those other um, uh, agreements. Ah, well, uh, presumably that's how they got the agreement. Well, that's, and that's up to them. I mean, uh, they ultimately made the decision. I'm just, I'm just giving you my opinion. Uh, but I, I think what they need to do is they, they need to focus on whether it's at our table or other tables to actually focus on uh, what's, what's on the table, what's being proposed that is going to benefit students and publicly funded education uh, in the province and try to work forward with them at the table rather than in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, uh, he has said, the minister has said that he thinks that he can get a resolution at the table uh, sometime soon. Do you agree with that? 
Well, if, if the minister were to do actually, or his representatives at the table were to do what he has been saying publicly, uh, that he's laser focused, that he wants new monies to go into the classroom uh, for students, that he's enhancing uh, proposals, uh, all three things which have not happened at the table. If he started that and did that next week, I think we would be much closer to uh, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Okay. Sam Hammond, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Libby. Okay. And uh, we'll take caller who's been waiting patiently, Bob in Etobicoke. Hey, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine. Um, I've watched this for a long time, and what I can't understand is the teachers, uh, they, they talk as if they're really doing a good job, and uh, the public doesn't seem to think so. And a lot of people I know have pulled their kids out of public school and sent them to Montessori schools. And others in a building I live in, we have four families that said they do homeschooling. So what I think the government should be doing is put, they own the buildings, we own the buildings, so they should put the, you know, like put it out to tender. So any company, it could be Montessori, who says, okay, we'll supply you the teachers and, and put it out to tender because this isn't working. Um, I know a couple of school teachers that do quite well. They work seven uh, teach seven classes in a week, which is 40-minute classes, and that's all they teach. One of them is a math teacher, and he, his classes work this way. He has a Friday morning class and a, uh, an afternoon class on Monday. He's up in his cottage in Pointer Barrel the rest of the time. Okay, so you're saying you don't think they work enough, and uh, I don't. I don't think privatization is. Uh, I I don't think that's on the table. But I I uh, I get what you're coming where you're coming from, Bob. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.